Hello, everybody. We are Matt and Kevin, and welcome to Season 3 of the Believe Overwatch League podcast from the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Please like, rate, and subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find us on all social media at Believe in OWL and at Believe.com. This week, we discuss the new reworks for Somber and Bastion, the Blizzard Settlement, and the Overwatch League Grand Finals. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to this week of the Believe in Overwatch League podcast. This is the end of September that we're recording this. Um, also, it happens to be International Podcast Day, so hooray! Happy International Podcast Day to us and i mean you're going to be listening to this afterwards but yeah happy international podcast day in the past future what i don't i don't know what i'm saying anymore (laughs) how have you been kevin Uh, i've been good it has been a very interesting week so far um yeah everybody's getting prepped for the spooky month um and and getting ready to you know play halloween games and figure out what they're doing Um, season yeah i've been trying to figure out if i want to bring back the halloween stream um where essentially i have to play everything in the inflatable dinosaur costume (laughs) uh it we we did a pumpkin carving stream once and it was just like it was not it was not good i don't know if i could do beat saber inside of the dinosaur i i would like to um I think that would that would work. It's just a matter of if the cameras on the headset could pick up the the hand <laughs> things. Uh, but otherwise, like yeah, it's been it's been pretty fun uh, figuring all that out. And yeah, uh, my my gaming has pretty much been revisiting Fire Emblem Three Houses. Um, I don't know. I just had a had a certain urge to go back and play some real-time strategy like tile strategy games so doing that doing a run that i haven't done at all uh and then yeah pokemon unite pretty much just been bouncing around between those two uh how about you matt how was your week how's everything going i'm so tired all the time now i feel so old it's just on top of of daily work doing the festival work and then I don't know, normal like for normally it's been fine, but for some reason this week, maybe it's because I didn't like have a restful weekend. Even like I was in the theater doing box office things. And, like I didn't really have to do a whole lot. It was mostly like adjusting screening times on websites or like occasionally helping a customer because everything was like purchase your tickets online this year, just so that we're not like directly interacting with too many people to prevent COVID potentially but um it was uh it was just the fact that i had to to get up early and take the train to and from little tokyo and be there was a little bit uh i guess that took more out of me than i thought so like i hope none of no one at my work is probably listening to this but like yesterday was was really rough i just i couldn't stay awake so i took several naps during work hours um don't tell anybody (laughs) that's fine but that's that's the benefit of working from home and being in my room is i can switch between nap mode and and work mode 
in an instant. So um, that has been my week is just being tired all the time. Yeah. And on top of that, like stream wise, I've been doing. Um, have you heard of the game? I expect you to die. Yes, I've heard of this game. Yeah, I've I played the second one today, um, today and yesterday. Um, but I beat it in two sittings, but it's like, it's a lot of like thinking and it, it's a lot of fun. If you guys want to do an escape room in VR, um, but like a lot of my friends watch me do it and they're like, yo, for friends giving, we should do a, we should do an escape room. And I'm like, uh, if, if escape rooms are open and they're like, oh, okay, time, time <laughs> to figure they? that out. So yeah, we're, we're trying to figure out if that's a thing. If an escape room is open, we might <laughs> we might have to try to do one. And they're You've like done oh, one before, right? I've done two okay. escape rooms in my in my lifetime. Um but yeah, one was with my family, like with my dad's side of the family. Like everybody was in there. Um this was pre-COVID, but like we did that one and I was like <laughs> you like my grandma was there just to like see what's going on, like what is an escape room. Mm-hmm. And she's just sitting in the corner. She's like, I like this lever. And she like pulls it and like eight things move in the room. And she's like, oh, <laughs> like, I- I'm just going to sit in this corner now. And I'm like, OK, <laughs> like, you-, you do that, grandma. Uh, meanwhile, the rest of us are like pulling things, trying to figure out like how small things work and so on and so forth. But yeah. um, the other the other time I did it with like, I think it was Kumo and V actually. Um, and yeah, we we did a small escape room um in San Francisco and that one was pretty fun. So yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see if we could find one uh during you know, Friendsgiving. Mhm. I've done a couple of escape rooms, I think two of the ones I've I think I've maybe done four, five escape rooms at this point. Um but two of them I got to do for um the journalism thing that i do but i the thing is i get way too intense about it because like i want to beat it so i'll literally become just like frantic energy running between places back and forth like touching everything so i feel like i get really annoying when i do these things so um i miss them but if you ever do an escape room with me be prepared for me to become super obnoxious and trying to scramble and and do everything all at once and be in all of the places. Well, we'll just put you in the VR headset one. <laughs> there, the, you you can you can figure out everything in there, and we'll take the we'll take the actual room. <laughs> There's a solution. There we go. So uh, anyway, just a, a quick story from this morning. So uh, I don't know if you've been paying attention to the news, Kevin. But um, there's mosquitoes everywhere in California. The ankle, this new breed of ankle biter mosquitoes are getting everywhere. Last year, they were a really big problem um, in my town. Like I got really badly just wrecked all over my legs because I was wearing shorts all the time because it's hot down here. Um, But this morning, and like my mom told me that on the news that like there have been reports that like they really are spreading everywhere uh, across California. And this morning... I was sitting on my bed doing work and I felt like something touched my arm and I looked over and it was just this giant goddamn mosquito trying to take a drink from me. So 
um kind of hated that i did not like it <laughs> has the mosquito scene up in norcal are you getting any uh unfortunately i have not uh touched grass in like three days so <laughs> i've been uh I've, I've been inside cooped up uh just just avoiding anything that's outside but i think my mom has been bit a couple times uh, she's like this, this one feels weird it's like it's different from previous years so mm-hmm. yeah maybe maybe i should ask the people whose uh blood is more tantalizing to mosquitoes how's the fire steam going up there i know there was a couple of fires in orcal yeah there was a couple of fires um there haven't we we've just been slowly dealing with them um lots of firefighters uh going around though so yeah get getting getting a lot done uh but yeah i haven't heard a lot of like new fires or anything that's popping up here but uh unfortunately it's become a norm up here so it hopefully we could uh we could stop the uh the, the fires from happening period well, best of luck to all the firefighters out there. And hopefully these mosquitoes just all die. I hate them. Anyway, let's get into the news of the week, shall we? There's a lot to go through. So um, finally, after us complaining for however many months, years, weeks, hours, days it's been, we finally got some more looks at things coming into Overwatch 2. Um, namely, we got a look at Sombra's rework, Bastion's rework, and some uh, a gameplay showcase on the Rome push map. So, to start for um, for the Sombra rework, um, the biggest thing that was changed for her was her hack. It's got a reduced cooldown now, so you can hack away to your heart's delight. I believe it's like what three seconds in between hacks. Um, each hack is going to last eight seconds now, um, but when you hack someone, you only turn off their abilities for about a second. Um, when you hack them, though, you, the benefits of the new rework is that you can see them through walls. So it's like um, it's going to help with a lot with positioning and stuff like that. Uh, and it, it it gives Sombra a 50% damage increase into every target that she has hacked. Um, her ultimate, her EMP, no longer removes the shield, um, all shielding from uh, from players, it just does a, a 40% damage increase to everybody. Um, on top of that, it, it does give that hack benefit of the damage increase. So um, she can just do a, a, a tremendous amount of damage in the amount of the eight seconds that everyone's hacked. Um, she can also hack while she is in stealth, but it like it briefly reveals her positioning, but she'll go right back into stealth mode when she gets it. Um I'm not sure I like just looking at it for right from the outside, not having touched it yet. I'm not sure I from from a, a sombra player perspective, I don't really know if I like all of these changes. I feel like it on one hand, the the ability to stay invisible and to hack more rapidly is good, but I feel like removing the the duration of um, turning off abilities and just making it uh, making her more like a, a damage increased dealer just makes her feel like more of a a call of duty character not really like an overwatch character you know it, it just focuses too much on i think 
the gunplay rather than turning off abilities, which is what really made her special. Yeah, it, it's going to be more like run and gun, it looks like, than the strategy, like, you know, slowly pacing yourself during fights kind of deal and like realizing how important hack uh, was in terms of like shutting off abilities. But yeah, this rework's going to be really interesting. And obviously, we can't test it until, you know, Overwatch 2 comes up. But yeah, it's interesting to see what's going on. How do you think this is going to affect her pick rate? Because on one hand, like she's going to be a little bit more, um, a little bit more important in like very heavy team fights, but also like you, you again, you lose the a lot of of the efficacy of turning off the abilities for the full duration of the hack. I I feel like it is going to change the way how we pick Sombra. Like it it looks really strong in terms of like you know hacking health packs preventing people from getting that stuff um but i'm kind of afraid that she might turn into um how can i describe it the first iteration of uh the first iteration of sombra where you literally you're you're running around just hacking health packs and like on occasion you'll hack a person just to stop an ability but yeah I, that's what i'm kind of afraid of it's just like just don't don't rework the same thing into a into Overwatch 2. We we want, you know, Sombra to keep the identity that is Sombra. Yeah. Um briefly last week I earlier this week, not last week. Earlier this week, um some of the Overwatch pros and some of the casters did like a a, a Twitter Spaces thing. It's kind of like Clubhouse, if you know what Clubhouse is, this is an app where it's like you just pop into this this voice voice room and then you could speak about whatever topic you want to speak about. Um, but Overwatch hosted one. Um, a lot of the tank players were talking about how it felt to um, the ones that were playing on played on the uh, the Overwatch two trial thing. They were talking about how it felt for them to play it. Um, one of the things that they said was they're so used to the way that they're playing now. It's going to take a lot of um, training to get used to playing against sombras because a lot of them were forgetting that oh you have your abilities after the one second it, it's the entire duration of the hack isn't locking you out of your abilities. so a lot of them kind of would just stand there and wait to die before they realized oh wait i can go after this sombra i can fire strike i can charge um so heads up for everybody like that's a that's gonna take something for us to get used to like if, if the pros are having trouble adjusting to it, then just imagine how difficult it is going to be for the rest of us to get used to all of these sweeping changes that are coming to this game. Yeah, and I remember Space saying uh, in the interview that this does feel like a completely different game. Um, there, There's going to be different changes to everybody, um, and just the pacing of it might be different. So... Yeah, it's definitely going to take a little bit of time to figure out, um, you know, how to get back in the flow of things. If this is going to feel like the same thing or, um, you know, what what changes do we as players have to make in order to make Overwatch 2 as good as Overwatch 1? Right. So thoughts overall on, on the status of the Sombra rework that we're seeing, at least for now, Kevin? Uh, I think it's interesting for the most part. I think, you know, the the reduced cooldown of Sombra and everything that she can give, um, I feel like it's 
good for Somber trying to be a little bit more, um, you know, attack oriented. I like how it does the forty percent more damage thing, um, but I I don't know if that's it. If that's just, it's supposed to be just for her, right? Or is it for her whole team? It's just for her, I believe. Uh, yeah. So it gives her a little bit more, more like, you know, one v one potential. Like turns off the abilities, goes one v one with the, uh, with the Uzi, and then you have to figure out from there, uh, how you want to deal with that. Uh, I do feel like Sombra's changes are going to be interesting to implement, especially once we get into the actual client of the game whenever whenever that happens uh 2024 uh oh <laughs> what, god whatever energy out into the world i mean it's probably going to be that way um but yeah somber's reworks are going to be really interesting to see um and i hope that we keep getting more updates especially about other heroes too um i think that would make it a lot more interesting and get the audience more or get the community more excited for the for the next game that's coming out well, we did get one other look at another character. We got a look at Bastion, whose rework is is a lot. It's a lot to, to process, but I think this is really good. I really like what they, they did with him. Um, so his recon mode is now 100% accurate when his shots, he doesn't have um, spread to his fire anymore. Um, he's got more range and more accuracy, but it also reduces the uh, the rate of fire for his shots. So... Um, they're trying to give Bastion a little bit more precision and snipery potential, I guess you could say. Um, his turret mode uh, is it's changing. Um, you can't just plant somewhere and just bullets sprayed for forever. Um, you can turn into the turret mode and you can move around with it slowly, but it's going to be on a cooldown timer. So um, you're going to have to be a lot more judicious and um strategic about when you use it um you can't just again sit in a single point and just spray everyone to all hell um instead of having the repair ability that's been completely removed um instead now bastion has a grenade that can bounce off of walls stick to players and stick to floors um and that does damage that way it's kind of like if you mix the sticky bombs with uh, Junkrat's grenades and, and got a new, a new ability that way. Um, so that's a very interesting take. Um, and then finally, his ult has been changed to a tactical nuke strike. So you can shoot three nukes into the air and they will land in um, wherever you would like them to be on the map. So that's a completely different change to the way that he has been played um on top of they also gave him a fun little hat to show that on top of being um modernized by bastion that or by torbjorn that torbjorn recognizes his personality and is able to look past his hatred for omnix yeah the bastion rework is pretty fun to look at um you know the recon mode. You have the turret turret change where you can now move a little bit. Um, I I feel like Bastion is less of a, you know, protect the president style of gamer now. Like you could actually do things um, while moving, and yeah, it's going to be a lot more mobile, which I feel like is a lot better for Bastion players in general. 
Uh, you don't have to just sit and wait for them to come out. You can you can make your moves on your own. Um, and yeah, honestly, I like the way how that looked. It was a lot of a uh, a lot of fun uh, taking a peek at the Bastion editions. Uh, I, I wish that Ganymede had something to do with mm-hmm. with the new rework too. Uh, personally, um, just imagine if like the final, like the ult mode instead of it being like attack nuke, like Ganymede fuses with Bastion and turns into like a Gatling gun or something. I have no idea. It <laughs> use your imagination. Do, they could what they could do is like like use Ganymede because since Bastion can't heal now, um, which is going to be a very interesting to the way that Bastion is played, I guess you don't really need it since he can, he's more mobile. Um, but what you could have done is you could have had Ganymede like go fetch a health pack. Yeah. And go fetch it and bring it back. Um, I'm very interested to see how this changes the way Bastion players actually play. Cause I mean, I, I, I was, oop, I dropped my microphone um, because I was playing on, I think Friday and, there's one other day I was playing very recently, but pretty much every match, or it was Wednesday, I think it might have been Wednesday, but pretty much every match that we ran into, like there was a Bastion somewhere. And it just, it really feels like Bastion is the brain dead pick on, in addition to Sombra or Symmetra. They're like just very brain dead, just hold the fire button and just wait kind of players. So, you can't do that anymore. So I'm very interested to see what different strategies um, Bastion's going to be used for since you're going to have to, since you don't have that ability to just spray and pray, you're going to, you have, you're more mobile, you have more range, but you have less, um, less rate of fire, but you also have more accuracy. So, so pretty much everything about how Bastion is played is going to be different. We can't do the same old stuff anymore. So a lot of the those synergies that we've developed over the past five years are no longer really viable. Yeah, and I I don't know what this will this will do to the rest of the the players too. If there's going to be any other changes in terms of like, um, you know, just the way how players play in general, it's gonna it's gonna feel really different. For sure. Um, so overall rating, Kevin, in your opinion of this Bastion rework? Uh, oh, that's that's a tough question. Uh, I think that it's fine. Uh, the way how the... Uh, I do like how Bastion is no longer a sit and, you know, sit and shoot turret player only, right? Um it it forces it gives a little bit more mobility to a character who's literally stuck. Um, I do feel like it is gonna lend itself more to like you know have a pocket character on them all the time. Um, not that that changed from the original game, but um, I just don't think that it's it's not gonna be as crazy of a change compared to something like. Um, Sombra or other characters that they're thinking about because I remember one thing that they were saying is like they want to reduce the amount of crowd control or uh, the amount of uh, right which across the board yeah so I feel like that's going to be really interesting to see uh, what they do especially with the rest of them but as long as Bastion isn't stuck in one spot um, I think 
this rework is going to be more healthy towards Bastion players, um, and they'll definitely figure out a way how to uh, how to utilize it. Mm-hmm. Overall, I, I think this is as I you probably have been tell this is a really good change. I'm really happy that they've updated Bastion to make him a more dynamic player, um, and I'm excited to see how people actually like start using that alt instead of just I I didn't. I never thought his his ult in the current build of Overwatch was particularly useful. I mean, yeah, you you move around a little bit, you can reposition, but I I always felt like you did more damage anyway, just with his normal turret mode. So I I'm excited to try out the new ways to use our turret boy. Um, and then the final thing that we really got to look at in Overwatch two was a gameplay showcase of the Rome map. We've seen a little bit of it before the last time they did some announcements for the game, but we this is the first time we really got to see some of the competitive players instead of the developers really trying it out with their new characters and everything. Um, so we, we got to see how Somra worked a little bit. We got to see a lot of the Bastion play. We also got to see um, changes like um, Zarya's double bubble on on herself she has two bubbles that she can use either both on herself or both on other people now um we got to see reinhardt with the the double fire strikes and able to cancel his charge uh things like that um we got to see how push mode works a little bit again um it's it's very interesting how just the the ebb and flow of the game how like you can be pushing very quickly and you have to factor the uh moving the robot back from the 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 thing that the payload that's being pushed back to your own payload and you have to kind of factor that travel time into the progress that you're trying to make if that makes if i'm, I'm making sense with when i say that kevin yeah it's just you have to you have to balance both how long it's going to take you to push something right. into yeah. their spawn side versus yeah. like not having to worry about that it, it is a lot of like thinking yeah and it's uh, in like, terms of like placement essentially yeah it's it's, a, it's like you're also always on attack and defend at the same time because like it can you because that's what you have to do it's it's like you have a payload it's like you're in um in the payload maps but you can go forward and backward at any time so it was really interesting it felt i'm excited to try it i'm excited to try that um on toronto as well I think it'll add a lot of um, energy and variety to the game that we're missing, especially because it's going to be almost impossible to tie on this map uh, are, are these game modes. So it'll. I hope that it's going to be used a lot in the league games to prevent us from like dragging on forever and having like six, seven map matches. Um, yeah, I don't really have many notes aside from that on on this. Also, we got we got we did get a look. I take that back. Um, we also one of the things that we did get a look at also is the um, the composition with five v five as opposed to the six that we're used to. Um, tank players. One of the things about the tank players is that they also give you less alt charge when you're farm, trying to farm them. So that's something that's i guess helpful i'm still kind of curious as to how um how to make that that single tank a little bit more viable 
because without the other tank there, I feel like you're just going to be a, a more attractive bullet sponge as well. Um, I did notice that the tanks were a lot more DPS and a lot more aggressive because I feel like you have to be when you're the only tank and you're the only one in charge of really making space and pushing. So a lot of really aggressive tank play, especially from space. Space was going wild on his Reinhardt. So it, it's interesting to note how pretty much defensive or, or passive tank play is probably, I think, going to be punished even more than it is right now. And it's going to be also kind of also a, a less viable technique or play style than it is even still now. It's good that we're getting a little bit of a sneak peek into the next one, uh, into the next game. Uh, I, I just wish that, you know, the, the sooner we get it, I feel like the less pressure there will be on uh, not only a lot of the players, but also the community itself. Um, we're kind of just waiting on this next one. Right. But I, I do understand, like, you know, they want to take their time. They want to make a good game. So if uh, if it takes a lot longer, that's fine. I just want, you know, it. you're kind of dangling this demo in front of us and not letting us, like... <laughs> take a shot at it um, yeah i mean if anything they could just release um a demo of of rome if anything just so that people can try it even if it's just for a limited time just to just to give us a little bit of a taste to you know to to keep the energy and enthusiasm and interest alive yeah like i don't there's nothing there's no amount of skins or you know fun extra game modes uh that will suffice us until overwatch 2 uh, that's just the best way of saying it so yeah it's cool that we're getting a look at it i just hope that you know it it comes sooner than than later mm-hmm. right um so I, I guess the last thing that we are the last new thing that we're really getting for overwatch one besides maybe some skins is the Malavento uh, free-for-all map, the deathmatch map, is now live. Um, I haven't played it yet because I've been busy. And also, I don't normally play a whole lot of deathmatch, but it's there, it's live, it's an Italian villa. And unlike the Overwatch 2 stuff, you can play it now. It's off the PCR. It's live for everybody. Yeah, so go ahead and check that out i don't play a lot of deathmatch either um it, it feels kind of strange how like they literally gave us like two deathmatch maps recently <laughs> but like no new newer maps but right. like i do understand if they're trying to like get stuff ready for for the next game but but for real though like they're what they said like they had rome rio de janeiro uh new york toronto um toronto all of those are are like maps that are going to have different modes in it too. So I understand like, yeah, it might only work for push, but you know, it, <laughs> we know that they're working right. on things and we, we just can't, uh, we can't quite get there yet. At the very least, what we know is that at launch of overwatch two, currently the plan is that all 32 heroes that we have currently are going to be available to play. Aaron Keller also teased that we might get a new, couple new heroes at launch, which honestly, I'm, I was expecting that from the beginning. I thought I 
personally thought that was going to be a given considering the amount of time that's passed since we've gotten a new hero. I would have been fairly disappointed if we didn't get any new heroes at launch. But I guess Aaron Keller is saying that as, as, as long as the team is on track, we should probably get some new heroes to play as well um, on top of the, the new maps to play. So it's very exciting stuff. It's it, like, it's again, it's, it's nothing we can touch now. Um, it's, it's only stuff that's being dangled, as you said, dangled in front of us like a carrot on a stick, but we know it works. We know that um, it's going to revitalize the game and how we play. So there's a lot to look forward to. Yeah, definitely a lot to look forward to. And hopefully we get, uh, hopefully we get it sooner than later. Once again, uh, I know, I know blizzards, you know, polish until ready, uh, mentality, but sometimes like you, you want to keep the flow going, especially like right now, we know that we're at the end of the overwatch season, mm -hmm. uh, end of overwatch league. And, you know, a lot of people are saying, oh, this is the end of the first overwatch. Um, and we're getting ready for the next one. Uh, we've, we've been getting a lot of, you know, information about it. Right. But one thing that, like, I was looking into is, like, at least, like, the following parts after, uh, like, after the league is over is checking on, uh, checking on Twitter, uh, following some players, seeing what's going on. Um, we, we heard earlier today, this is something that's not on the notes, um, Mono is probably going to retire. Um, he, he said that he's, he's kind of tired of playing the game. Um, he wants to take a break from the professional realm. Um, same thing with Nero. Nero from the San Francisco Shock says, Oh, interesting. Um, he, he feels like his mental uh, state is not as great as it can be um, moving in. So he doesn't know if he wants to continue on forward as well. Um, I, I remember seeing a, a a post from both I think it was it was either Choi no it was Smurf. Um Smurf uh just discussing like the state of tanks moving into Overwatch 2 as well. Um and wondering like what is it better for him to leave or to stick around and see if he can get um on a roster if or if the shock are gonna re-sign him. Um so yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see uh, what's going on. That's right. There's going to be a lot of roster changes coming up. So keep an eye on that, especially on the tank lines. Um, so keep an eye on that. Um, and I, I guess we'll leave this topic with, with one last thought for me is that um, we don't want another cyberpunk situation where, yeah, the game is functional technically but it's still really buggy and rushed out because they promised a release date and by golly they were going to stick to it because they delayed it so many times already um what's the thing is also blizzard is is obviously not giving us a release date because they don't want to do that they want to get it to a point where it shines and works like it should i don't think that they should let good be the or perfect be the enemy of good but on the other hand they they need to make sure that it's with the amount of anticipation that is on the line for this game, um, they need to make sure that it, it's working as intended. 
Um, so moving on to an update on the woes of Blizzard. I believe I mentioned this last week that the um, the United States Equal Employment Opportunity Commission was investigating and brought a suit against Blizzard based on their um, their gender discrimination and harassment. Um, and this is a, a, an actual United States government entity that was investigating Blizzard. Um, but as of the 27th of September, um, Activision Blizzard and the, uh, what is their acronym again? The EEOC uh, have reached a settlement for $18 million. On a press release from Blizzard, um, it stated that under the agreement, quote, Activision Blizzard has committed to create an $18 million fund to compensate and make amends to eligible claimants. Any amount not used for claimants will be divided between charities that advance women in the video game industry or promote awareness around harassment and gender equality issues, as well as company diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives as approved by the EEOC. The agreement is subject to court approval. Um, and included in this press release was a statement from the CEO of Blizzard, Bobby Kotick, that says, there is no place anywhere at our company for discrimination, harassment, or unequal treatment of any kind. And I am grateful to the employees who bravely shared their experiences. I am sorry that anyone has had to experience inappropriate conduct, and I remain unwavering in my commitment to make Activision Blizzard one of the world's most inclusive, respected, uh, and respectful workplaces. Um just to note the in this Kotaku article, uh, it, they noted that uh, Bobby Kodak is being paid $154 million this year. So just in context of that, um, while $18 million may seem like a lot, um, it's it seems a little paltry compared to how much they're paying Kodak. And it, it does feel like they could have paid more and just invested more into those charities anyway, instead of saying whatever's not claimed by people who have been harassed and sexually abused by our company. It, it, it's fine to have the compensation part. Like, make sure that that gets to the victims first. <laughs> that's I feel like that's the most important piece. Um, the the unclaimed like stuff going to charity that should be like it, it's cool that that's happening, but at the same time, I feel like that could easily have been like once again, uh, Activision Blizzard uh thing to do where uh you know just make a skin uh in games make us pay for it uh and. <laughs> Yeah, just just say that we're like just make sure as long as they move forward and like show us that they're making progress, I think that's the most important piece to come out of this. Mm-hmm. Um but I I honestly need to see that before I even consider buying, you know, your next game or you know, literally keep playing uh Overwatch like it's those little things that I need to see um, in order to in in order to kind of have faith in this company again. Yeah, to, to be able to conscientiously consume Blizzard products. 
I think that's mostly it for our news. I mean, aside from that, um, Kevin, you and I are speculating just based on calendar and, and whatnot that we should be getting the Halloween event within the next one or two weeks. Um, October begins tomorrow. So I wouldn't be surprised if they surprise dropped it to us maybe Tuesday or something like that, or if anything, the week after at the latest. Yeah. Usually it's a middle middle of October thing. Um, it's been usually the the second full week of of October is usually when they hit us up with that. So I would expect I forgot which days Overwatch actually updates. Is it is are I they think also it's Tuesdays? Are they also Tuesdays? I want to say yeah. Tuesdays. So I would expect it to be the twelfth, and then we'll have like a three week event. Um, if they are doing the same format as they have in previous years, it'd be the twelfth for the update. We get a week event, um, then go nineteenth and twenty sixth, um, with the last day being the second um, of November. So yeah, that that just seems like it's a it's a good flow to it. So hopefully we get uh, we get that to work. Anything else we want to talk about before we end the news section for this week, Kevin? Um, News-wise, I, I would just say uh, if, if you guys have any spooky Halloween games that aren't uh, going to make me poo myself, um, let, me, let me know. Um, I have an idea of some games that I want to try. Um, other than that, you know... Uh, We'll we'll see what happens in terms of the Overwatch uh, event. If there is a new skin, or if there's, you know, literally a skin that I want to get, um, I I will I will try to do it. Um, so yeah, it I feel like it's going to be really interesting to see what happens uh, in the future. And keep your eyes out for any other Twitter posts coming out from anyone really um from from the league uh you you could expect a lot of players to either um you know start switching teams start look for looking for like places to go or uh to even announce retirement um so i feel like these next couple weeks like just pretty much in between here and the next uh league announcement there's going to be a lot of those uh coming out so yeah, definitely keep your eyes open for who's moving in and uh, who, who's taking their leave. And again, today was International Podcast Day. So hooray to all of our, our listeners and to our other podcast friends out there. I will say that there is another holiday coming up on Sunday. It is going to be National Kevin Day. So happy National Kevin Day in advance to you, Kevin, if I don't speak to you then. But happy happy being kevin uh cool uh, <laughs> i i don't i don't know i guess the, me as as a kevin i speak for all kevins and and accept the, the the holiday with a question mark i don't even know <laughs> well thank you everybody for tuning in for us this week we hope you enjoyed listening um, and we will continue on our news stuff throughout until next season when we get Overwatch again. So, as always, thank you guys, and we will catch you next week. Adios. 
Next week, we bring you the latest in gaming and pop culture news. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you like what you hear, please like, rate, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms and follow us on all social media at Believe in OWL. Questions or comments? Please send us an email at believeinowl at gmail.com. If you'd like to advertise with our show, please contact our network at believe.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.